It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Celtics rack up another Eastern Conference win, this time versus the Knicks. The Bucks get a solid win versus the Bulls, who, whew, the Bulls, oh boy. The Wizards, well, they Wizards hard. Plus, we're going to play a little pass shot turnover on the good and bad teams. All this plus news and notes here on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day and your first listen. I appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review would be awful nice of you, or if you're joining us on YouTube where you can catch the show in all its video glory, just go to youtube.com slash NBA right now. Hit that like and subscribe button. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. I'm joined by David Ramil. He's co-host of Locked On Heat. We're going to break down on today's show all the action, the association from pretty quiet night. I, I think, relatively speaking, David, we got it was a, a smaller slate as the league kind of gives everybody the night off before Tuesday's smorgasbord of in season tournament games. Um, we will go ahead and touch on tonight uh, on Jay Crowder's injury, and we'll talk a little bit about Michael Malone's extension with the Denver Nuggets. We'll also play a little game in the second segment called Pass Shot Turnover. It's a little bit like. Um, uh, uh, love, love, Mary kill, um, <laughs> only in the NBA version. And, uh, we're going to break down a couple of the teams that are good, a couple of teams that are bad. Lots to get to on today's show. We'll start David with the Boston Celtics. who got the win over the New York Knicks. They go to two and O versus the Knicks in their season series. Uh, by the way, they clinch at least split a tiebreaker. I have to 
be on brand and already start talking tiebreakers here in November. Uh, Jason Tatum tonight goes for 35 points on 13 of 23 shooting, six boards, seven assists. Chris Apps Porzingis on 21 points, six boards, seven of 11, and 22 for Jalen Brown. Um, the starting unit is just so good. This is a game I, I, that, David, I thought that the Knicks did a really good job of hanging in. They shot threes and kept up with their offensive rebounds. That's really the, the Knicks' path to success. They defended well for a while, but this really kind of showed to me the depth of the Celtics' firepower with that starting unit. It's yeah. just really hard to keep them down for 48 minutes. Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, especially when Tatum is shooting as well as he does. He's a MVP candidate early on in the season. Chris Tapps unlocks so much of what their offense can do. He's just such a different type of player than what they've had there. And he just brings a, a level of versatility that they've been missing. And, and they got incredible performances, again, from Tatum Brown. And their bench was really good compared to New York's bench, which only mustered a massive 15 points. Manuel quickly, in particular, struggling from the field, one of 10 tonight. A lot of running around out there and not doing much else of anything. And it kind of showed in the final box score there. So, uh, yeah, they're, they've been a very good team. I don't think that's any surprise, really. I, the Celtics have uh, looked like a top-tier contender, and they certainly maintained that for most of the season. 9 of 23 from mid-range for the Knicks, and a lot of that was Jalen Brunson, who uh, got the box score great. stuff done uh, with 26 points, but just four assists in this one and only shot 10 of 21. Uh, he was a minus 20. I don't mean to be reductive here, but Derek White and Drew Holiday. Like this is going to be one of the problems I think for teams that face the the Celtics all throughout the regular season and into the postseason. Um, that combo is so tough because Holiday is so physical, and like there's just these, these sequences where Brunson's trying to get into his spots, kind of operating the in the the mid range. Cause what he likes to do is he kind of likes to go pick and roll and then get you in jail and kind of slowly kind of figure things out and then get to a spot or a pass. And Holiday's just like disrupting him or bumping him. And Derek White's coming over the backside. And and it's just really difficult with those two. I continue to be the, the Celtics defense, I don't think is getting enough credit for how good it's going to be, especially with White and Holiday as the defensive backbone of the of the backcourt. Yeah, the only problem I could see is uh you know, on a night like tonight, like Derek White, not a very productive game offensively, did a great job defensively. And Holiday, he's had his postseason troubles as well. So you wonder, I mean, are they going to be able to shut down opposing backcourts enough and do enough defensively to overcome their respective problems offensively? I know White has been up and down. He's had some big moments and some kind of not-so-great moments. But overall, like that kind of forces the issue again, similar to what we've seen in past years. You know, we we you need to have monster games from guys like Tatum and maybe even more specifically Brown. They need to step up in those moments in order to overcome what, if, what issues they've faced in the past. I know, you know, having covered them uh, with the Miami Heat in a couple of playoff series, it's basically boiled down to, you know, you can let Tatum get his and it's just a matter of shutting down everybody else. Uh, and, you know, it's not so easy for Tatum to always get his too. He can be a little, well, he's had his moments where he hasn't come up as big. So, you know, I I still see them, again, as a top team in the league, but I, I also see some potential weaknesses down the stretch. They're not... I don't think you can say this about anything, maybe with the exception of Denver when they're fully healthy. I don't know that any team is unbeatable at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also say this. Mr. Robinson in this game, mm. like they, they got outscored in the paint. It, the points in the paint were 34 to 18 in favor of Boston. When Boston is starting Kristaps Porzingis and, and Tatum at power forward, 
And then the Knicks are starting Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle. And like Randall played pretty well tonight. Um, he, he was seven and 19, so maybe not. He used to add 25 points and uh, 11 rebounds. So like, or 11 uh, free throws. He got to the line a lot. He had nine boards, but like sure. Mitchell Robinson got two shots. And this is like, continues to be a thing. Like he's had some social media posts. Yep. Robinson's playing great for them this season. And he's a big reason why their defense has been so good. And they just do not reward him. And they got to figure that out because like, you get, if you're if your big man's doing the work, he deserves a little bit more than two two, two shots, especially against an undersized team. Um, so that's yeah. something I think for them to consider. Are you concerned about Randall's start to the season? I mean, I mean, does, I'm not. I don't know that I'm I'm concerned because I expected it to be bad. It's every other year. Like it just kind of is what it is at this point. He's gonna have a good year and he's gonna have a bad year. Yeah, I mean, he did start off well, but then kind of tapered off. And I mean, his offense again, it, like to speak to the Mitchell Robinson situation, like you give the ball to Julius, he's going to operate. He's going to hold on to it. He's going to force up a bad shot. And then, you know, sometimes it falls. Sometimes it doesn't more often than not this season. It hasn't fallen. And then as a result, you wind up having a bad possession and everybody kind of feels like, Oh, when am I going to get the ball? When am I going to get an opportunity to score? And it could be a problem. Uh, I, I don't know. I, they don't seem, well, I don't know if he's going to get moved at any point this season. I don't know what you're going to get to replace a guy like Randall who can contribute something offensively in particular. So it's, it's something to monitor, I guess. The Washington wizards. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, the wizards led the Raptors by 23 and they did not win the game. <laughs> they lost 111 to 107. The uh, Raptors largest lead was the four points that they finished with. They led 107-95. So they led by 12 with 547 remaining in the fourth quarter. They didn't score again. They missed their final 10 shots from the field. Raptors defense is pretty good, but just, I mean. That's not it. I'll be, I'll just say this, like, uh, I know Wes Unsell Jr. from his time in Denver, and he's a good, a good defensive assistant, and he'll have a job very quickly, and he'll probably, I think, have another shot at head coach. I think down the line, he's a really good coach. This is probably going to be it for it. Like that, this is this kind of is indicative of where this franchise is at. I, I, can I just say, I, I well, first, David, do you have any thoughts on the game and the collapse? Pascal Siakam goes for 39 in the win. The Raptors defense continues to be really impressive. And just when you think the Raptors are, are doomed, they somehow pull these games out. Their win profile is crazy at this point. They have wins versus like the Bucks and the Mavericks. And then they almost lost this game. It's crazy. Do you have thoughts on this game in particular? Nah, you know, just Washington being incredibly disappointing yeah. as an NBA team. Like, are, are we sure that, I mean, we, we always hear the argument, players don't tank, but are we sure that the players aren't actively tanking? Like, we know what the front office is trying to do. But as far as the players are concerned, they just seem incredibly checked out so early in the season and just <laughs> haphazard seems to describe their level of play. Like, they just do whatever they want. It doesn't seem structured at all. It's just, it's an ugly, ugly game to watch anytime they're playing. Uh, they're getting pa- the Raptors are getting Pascal Siakam involved more, which I think is pretty notable, given that he was he was going through a funk early in the season. So it seems like he's coming out of it a little bit. Um, Kuzma played great in this game for three quarters. He finished with thirty four points. Um, he was four or seven from from three, fourteen of twenty five. Like he was cooking them. He was playing great. Uh, Jordan Poole, again, 6 of 16, 14 points on 16 shots, um, 6 assists, 4 turnovers, 3 steals, 5 fouls. Like, it's it, – that that trade's just – it's rough. It's it's just really 
really rough. Um, the bench was actually the the kind of culprit in this one. Uh, Bilal Kulabali, the rookie, goes at minus 18 in this one, mm-hmm. that, that second unit um, late. But yeah, I just think the, the, the Wizards are pretty much done. Uh, and this is kind of like, it, it sucks because now it's like, this is the game. This, this is the one where you're just, they're now two and eight. It really is like, oh yeah, like you've got no real reason if you're a Wizards fan to watch the rest of the season. Like you'll watch for Bilal and maybe Kispert. I don't know why else you're watching. And like, they got to change that. If you're doing anything with this franchise, that's going to be the number one thing you change. You can't have this just be like literally five months or not worth watching. That's a problem. Are they active at blowing up the team? Like, I don't, I don't, again, I don't even know what they could trade into. Yeah, this is, why, why did, why did they sign Kuz? This is why I don't get about the Kuzma deal. Like I understand Kyle taking it because it was the best money on the offer on market. Why are you giving Kyle Kuzma this money? Like, what what does Kyle Kuzma do for where you were at? Um, you know, I think Tyus Jones is a guy that could get moved, right? Yep. Like, he can get rerouted. He's looking for a starting job. He wants the, the next big contract. So you're going to have to find a team that's like, we need a point guard, maybe San Antonio. Oh, um, I, I know one in Miami who could probably. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll see if, if they decide to just commit long-term with Denny Avia. Um, and other than that, like, there's not a lot there. Like, Johnny Davis was a DMP coach decision like it's it's rough right now um yes for the wizards all over uh with this one uh elsewhere in the association the milwaukee bucks got a pretty rote win over the chicago bulls look the, the bucks have problems and we'll talk about that in the second segment but not enough to not beat the bulls um i will say that like demar Derozan was three of 14 and zach levine was five of 19 and this game was in doubt for a while which tells you a lot about where the bucks are at as they still try and figure out stuff, but this is a better defensive effort all around. Uh, this was a night where Damian Lillard goes three of 17 for 12 points and they still get the win. Um, this to me, although I will say just says a lot more about Chicago than I think it does about the bucks at this point. Yeah. Fair point. On the other side, we will talk a little bit about some of these good teams and some of these bad teams. We're going to break down a number of squads in the NBA that are either hot or cold. And, as we talk about them, we're going to do pass shot turnover. Are you going to shoot? Are you going to pass? Are you going to turn that ball over? We'll do that with the group of group, with six teams on the other side as we continue here on Locked On NBA. Right now, I need to tell you about Ibotta. How's free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipts. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So many stores in the Ibotta app. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK. L-O-C-K-E-D, to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. What a deal. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use code LOCKED. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. 
Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Back here on Locked On NBA, Matt Moore and David Ramil with you on a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out the show all throughout the week. Jake Masson and John Corrales will be with you after the craziness of Tuesday's in-season tournament games, talking, I'm sure, about all how wild the courts are. Uh, all throughout the week, you can catch us here, giving you the latest in NBA. You got uh, Path the Designer and Nick Angstat on Thursdays. And on Fridays, Adam Mares, my partner at Locked On Nuggets, and David's partner, Wes Goldberg from Locked On Heat. Uh, David, you, we kind of came up with this, this idea in the morning to talk about these teams that are either hot or cold. I want to start with the hot teams and we're going to do yeah. pass shot turnover. So you got to choose one for each. Okay. And the three that yeah. I thought you chose really good teams for this, the hot teams we're going to take are the Philadelphia 76ers who have the best record in the association, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Houston Rockets of those three. Which one are you going to pass? Which one are you going to shoot? And which one are you going to turn that ball over? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to shoot for the Sixers. I'm a believer. I think they look fantastic. I'm not going to accept Joel Embiid's claim that this is Tyrese Maxey's team, but he has been really good, and they just look sensational. It's, a, it's amazing what can happen when you jettison James Harden elsewhere. Uh, I'm going to shoot them. I'm going to pass on the no, I'm going to pass on the Minnesota Timberwolves because I, I, I'm a believer, I really like what they're doing, and at the same time, I want to see it sustain a little bit more because we're here rumblings about Carl Anthony Towns and a potential trade and this and that. And it's just, I don't know, I, I'm a little more. I'm a little more concerned about what they're going to be doing down the road a little bit. As far as turning it over, I guess I'll have to turn over on the Houston Rockets. And I know that might not sound surprising <laughs> to any longtime listeners here. But, no, I I also really like what they're doing. I, I like Albert Shingon a lot. He, he looks great. I think Jalen Green is much more comfortable in his role currently. They've got a much better team. They fast-forwarded their track to success by making some wise, I think, smart you know decisions in the offseason. But they also just have a seven-game homestand of which they won six games uh, in a row. So I, I think they go on the road for a lot of the next month's worth of games, and that'll be the truer test to determine just how good this team is. It doesn't seem completely sustainable when it comes to the Houston Rockets, but they do look really good to start the season. Where do you stand on these teams? Uh, I will take a shot with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know. And I'll pass on the Sixers, and I will – go ahead and, and take a turnover on the Rockets. Um, with the Rockets, it's basically this. 
the underlying numbers and like, I'm a net, I'm a numbers dude. I, I watch a lot of hoops, but I do believe that the human eye can't really capture everything. It captures important stuff, but not everything. And when you kind of dig in, the Rockets are 21st in offense and 16th in defense. And that's really impressive that Ime Odoka has a team this young playing defense this well. But there's a lot of reason to kind of suspect that the Rockets are probably going to fall back to earth a little bit based off of that. Like when you have a minus yeah. point differential and you're six and three, you're, you're just probably due for a little bit of regression. Uh, yeah. The other thing I would kind of say here is that um, Houston has the 10th best effective field goal percentage. And they're only 16th in expected field goal percentage. And a lot of that is Dylan Brooks shooting 56% from three. Like, mm-hmm. love Dylan. I'm happy for him. I'm really glad that, like, I didn't think he, I thought he got a raw deal from the media and the perception and the narrative that yep. came out of that. And that Memphis kind of scapegoated him a little bit. I'm happy for him having success. At the same time, he's probably not going to shoot 56%. So Houston, I think, is the easy one where it's like, yeah, like they're going to be better. And that's a step in the right direction, right? Like they can, right. they can build on this. Um, the reason I'll pass on Philly actually is the same reason you want to pass on the wolves, which is Daryl Morey is going to keep looking for that third star. Like Daryl yeah. Morey has watched the league win titles over him because they had more superstars than he did. And this, what people don't remember is Morey wasn't always like this in the late two thousands. He had teams that were making the playoffs and competing their faces off when it was like Kyle Lowry and Chuck Hayes and just like dudes, they built a really deep versatile roster and they made the playoffs, but they couldn't get there because they didn't have the superstars. And so he went out and he got Harden and he went out and he got Dwight Howard. And then that didn't work. And he went out and got Chris Paul. And and then James Harden wanted to play with Russell Westbrook and didn't want to deal with Chris being demanding. And then everything fell apart. He will continue to kind of do this. Like he didn't acquire Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, who has the best net rating on the Sixers right now of the rotation guys, by the way, he didn't acquire those guys. KJ Martin to have like, Oh wow. Look at the depth that we have. Like he will send them back out again. He will try and move Tobias Harris. Like he will add a third star. And I think they'll probably mess up a little bit of what's going right. Yeah. on no. the, the injury concerns and just the fact that with Philly a little bit, I'm always kind of like, well, let's, let's see if it doesn't go sideways. Minnesota, I will know. You talk, you mentioned the, the trade stuff. There was a, a lot of burbling last week about a, about the name I heard was the Knicks in terms of a Carl Anthony Towns deal. But there's two things to keep in mind there. One, my understanding is that that's Knicks generated. That The Knicks have a lot of interest in Carl Anthony Towns, and I'm not sure it's reciprocated on the Minnesota side given how they've started. Like they are not, a, I will tell you that front office is not one that's going to be like, Hey, we're doing really well. Let's completely blow it up. Not, not how it's wired. The other thing I'd say is a key component in any one of those deals is probably going to be RJ Barrett, who's playing awesome this year. And if you're the Knicks, you're like, we can't trade RJ Barrett. Look how well he's playing. Now, I personally would be like, look at how well RJ Barrett's playing. We can finally trade him. But that's probably not what the Knicks will do. Uh, investor value is a real thing. So I, I like the Wolves' defense. They are the number one defense with the number one strength of schedule defensively. That stat is not like a really widely shared one because you have to go digging for it. It's really important. The Knicks or the Wolves, I'm sorry, haven't just been the best defense. They've faced a gauntlet and they still have come out with this great defensive performance. So um, that plus Anthony Edwards, I think Cat's playing better. Yeah, I love this Wolves team, so I'll, I'll take the shot with them. Um, no, I, I I I totally hear that I, with Philadelphia. There, you don't think that Maury will change course in terms of how he's built teams in the past? Like no. he's made mistakes. You think he's just too set in his ways at this point? Because no, like, it's, I mean, it, it, it's not. A, I don't think it's about being set in his ways. I think it's that 
I think if you're Maury, you're like, look, yeah, it's great that we're killing these regular season teams. I have to be able to beat the Celtics. And if my third best, like who's the third best player on the Sixers right now? Tobias. Okay. Who's the fourth best player? <laughs> That's a little trickier. Yeah. yeah. With versus the Celtics where it's like, who's your best player? Tatum. Who's your second best player? Brown. Who's your third best player? Porzingis. Who's your fourth best player? Drew Holiday. Who's your fifth best player? Derek White. Who's your sixth best player? We don't talk about that. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's the, that's the thing though, right? And so I just think that he's he is going to always kind of think great players win championships and he's going to want to look for as many. And I think Embiid's going to want that too. As much as Embiid's into the Maxi show, he'll be like, no, it's not going to hurt Maxi at all. Narrator, it will hurt Maxi. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just still have some concerns there. Let's do the cold teams because I think these all are right. really fascinating too. Um, we'll do pass shot turnover in terms of pass or shot is the one that you think is going to be fine. Pass is the one that you're like, they might be in trouble and turnover is like, this team is doomed. Um, The Pelicans, the Warriors and your Los Angeles Clippers. (laughs) Eight games in, who are you? Who are you burying right now, David? Oh man. I, 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 I'm going to turn over. Let's see. see, It's the Warriors, the Clippers and the Pelicans. I'm going to turn over on on the Pelicans. I, I think, Hearing Zion Williamson talk uh, and then getting properly roasted, the struggles he and Brandon Ingram have gone through, the fact that everybody else seems to accept and buy into their role and those two haven't and they can't seem to find a way to thrive on that team where they should be absolutely thriving and leading that team uh, is problematic. So I'm I'm going to turn over the Pelicans. I think they're just I – don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think they can salvage this somehow. And I know one of those players is – well, at least – According to the buzz, they're likely to get traded, and yet I don't know that that's going to guarantee anything. It might be too little too late. And they look like a team that were going to be going into the season really hot, kind of building off of last year and continuing to grow and everything else, and it's just been the exact opposite of that. So I'm passing on the Clippers, (laughs) and that's probably going to be a mistake, but I'm still going to take a pass on that because I don't know. Look, they looked absolutely horrendous and, and inexcusably so. Uh, the acquisition of Harden was a huge mistake, and I think that's pretty clear. But there's still a possibility it could work. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, maybe this could work. I know that the, the, the Arrested Development to go that route again, you know. Like, I, I, it hasn't worked for anybody else, but it could work for us. I don't know. I It might work. Like, I, I still believe in Kawhi and Paul George. And you'll still have occasional moments from Westbrook and Harden, just enough to kind of keep this team going. And then as far as the Warriors are concerned, yeah, they look shaky, but I mean, they've looked shaky before. And I know that they're older and everybody kind of just wants to pile on Clay and Draymond at this point, but I still believe in what they can do. And the Chris Paul situation maybe hasn't been a seamless fit. And I don't think anybody expected it would be. Maybe some people hoped it would be, but I, I still think they can, they have too much talent on that team. And I think they're just too wired for championship success to kind of just abandon ship all so quickly. Oh, that's a very well-balanced and rational approach that I'm going to go the exact opposite way of. There um, you go. There you go. Uh, I'm turning over the Warriors. Wow. Um, wow. So I think that once you get to a point where you're reaching for greatness and it's not there, it is very up. rare that it comes back. Mm. And Curry is still great. Every single night, he's still amazing. And I like Kaminga and I actually like Moody. Um, There are, 
And I'll also say this. Andrew Wiggins is not going to play as badly as he is right now the entire season because okay. I don't think any starter making $22 million can possibly play as badly as he has to start the season. He's shooting 15% from three. 50% from the line. Like there's got to be positive regression here, but I, I do think that there is a, there is an expectation that this team will be there at the end. And I kind of think that maybe it's just like Clay Thompson just doesn't have it. It's just mm-hmm. not there anymore. And he can't do it enough nights. Um, I'm a big believer that age and injury rob you of your consistency and not your peak. And the Warriors trying to hit that peak for that stretch. Um, I kind of want to turn over the Clippers too to be perfectly honest with you. And the reason I want to turn over the Clippers is that they're not going to be as bad as they are right now for the rest of the season. Like this team is not probably, I'm not going to say definitely, but this team is probably not going to go like, Oh, and 15 and everyone like Ty Lue gets fired and they fire sale the whole team. Right. It's unlikely that it happens. But my problem, David is actually not Harden who has taken all of the brunt of this. Yeah, and I'm going to return to an age-old thing that I will always be asking. Where is Kawhi Leonard? Your best player sets the tone for your franchise. Your best player sets the tone for your locker room. Your best player sets the tone on the floor. So when they are 0-4 going into a home game versus the Memphis Grizzlies with an injury report that honestly feels a pretty good eight-man roster (laughs) and you lose where is Kawhi and that's my thing with the Clippers that's why I wanted I honestly want to turn them over too is that no matter what happens at least with the Warriors I expect them to go out with dignity because Steph will lead them and Draymond will lead them and Clay will give it everything that he's got this Clippers team continues to show me that when, and again, we hear this from Ty Lue where he's like, you say what you want now because we're going to get – he said this exact same thing last year, and it never happened because they don't have the leadership, and that's a problem. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot with the Pels because I have to believe – I have to believe in the human body, David, that eventually Trey Murphy, who hasn't played a second, uh, GTA Alvarado, who hasn't played a second, they're going to get on the floor and those bench units are going to look better because they're going to play with heart and verve. Do I right. wish that they would trade Brandon Ingram yesterday? Yes, I do. Do I think they will? No, I don't. The locker room and the coaching staff loves him. And if you're like, what about Zion? Zion should buy in more no matter what, but he's not going to because of the way that they play. And the way that they play is endemic because of Brandon Ingram. Those two can't coexist. And I don't understand why we keep pretending that it can coexist. This is like the Spurs with Lo- with LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, where they were both pretty good when they were by themselves. You put them together and it was a tire fire. It's the exact same deal. You can't win with that combination of guys. It doesn't work. So that's my – you, my... you, you broke the rules, though. You can't turn over on two teams. You got to pass on one of them. Who are you I will, pass on okay, I will, I will – because I said the Warriors first, I will pass on the Clippers. Okay. Um, I would, yeah, I would rather pass. pass. I would rather pass on the Warriors, but I'm I'm going out the hot takes. And so you can throw this back on my face, Warriors, when you win the title, because the Warriors <laughs> have lost once in the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, on the other side, we got some news to wrap up the day. We'll talk about Jay Crowder's unfortunate injury for the Bucks and a Western Conference contender locks up their coach until 2027. We'll talk about that on the other side on Locked on NBA. Stop at FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team just wins the game. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You can bet parlays. You can bet a great one. Here's a good one. Go bet Tyrese Maxey, Victor hmm. Wembenyama. Tyrese Maxey, most improved player at plus 100. Victor Wembenyama at a small minus number. And then any of the like number of guys you think that can win MVP. And it gives you a great starting position that you can hedge against later because that combination is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Other way you can go is Maxi to win MIP, Wembenyama Rookie of the Year, and Chris Paul Sixth Man of the Year. If you think I'm wrong about the Warriors, that pays twenty to one right now. And FanDuel is the only book I've found that lets you parlay those awards picks. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Final segment here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us on the Tuesday. You can catch David Ramil on Twitter. I am still going to call it Twitter at DRamil13. You can find me on Twitter at HP Basketball. Make sure to check out youtube.com slash locked on NBA. Like and subscribe, and you can catch live shows. We'll be doing this on Mondays. I like doing the live shows. I only pretty much do live shows because I don't like editing. Uh, and so you can catch us here on the show every Monday night, recapping the NBA action. Uh, David got some news yes. to get to so yep. unfortunate news for the milwaukee Bucks, a starting small forward uh jay crowder who had taken the, the job uh, from malik beasley for a brief little bit as the bucks continue to try and find their answers he's going to miss significant time uh with an injury he had to undergo surgery and so crowder's out approximately eight weeks due to an adductor and abdominal tear uh that's what the uh, bucks coach adrian griffin confirmed um so marjan beauchamp and Andre Jackson Jr. are going to have to have expanded roles. This has been like Crowder was one of the better defenders. So the Bucks missing this guy right off the bat. Crowder just man, he he you know he had that holdout with the Suns, and it has not gone well for him since. It's a bummer. Bad luck for him. Uh, what do you think this means for the Bucks in the short term and long term? Short term, I think it's problematic, but I think they had a lot of other kinks to work their way through that are probably more pressing. And so while I think you know that Jay obviously provides some value, versatility. And defense, as you pointed out, I think it's kind of that's not their biggest fish to fry. They've got other concerns to worry about how to get Dame going, how to find 
a perfect fit there, how to find their nuance balance between their top players and things of that sort. So I think that's the more obvious pressing concern. And while they're work, work their way through that, that helps them in the long term because the guys you've mentioned, Jackson and Beauchamp, are going to be getting more minutes, have an opportunity to find bigger roles to step up into those and be more comfortable to provide the depth that this Bucks team clearly lacks at this point. So I think it probably helps them in the long term. I think it makes them a better team when it actually matters most in the playoffs because they'll have that depth because they'll have guys that won't be afraid of the moment who won't be thrust into the fire and have no idea what to do. So I think it'll be more helpful in the long term because Jay will be back and he'll be as good as ever, which, you know, is not, again, he's not a ceiling raiser, but he does help the floor raise the floors considerably because of his versatility and defense. And he's just going to fit right back in and he'll have a role, whatever that's coming off the bench or starting again, who knows what it'll be like once he comes back from injury. But for, for now, again, they'll go through their losses. They'll have to figure it out. It falls on the stars like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Dame Lillard and Chris Middleton to find their way to be able to carry this team over the next month or two while Jay's out. Marjan's been pretty good for them. A lot of Bucks fans want to see more from him. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it's a negative. Uh, uh, overall, just it's tough. It puts more strain on guys. They have to play more minutes. Matchups are tougher because of you're missing Crowder's size. I will say that one of the big upsides here, honestly, I'm not even kidding, is that this will prevent them from thinking that Malik Beasley is a long-term <laughs> solution. Um, and I don't want to be too hard on Malik, but like they're talking about him as like the defense. They started talking about him as like the defensive stopper this summer, and I was like, yeah. what? what? I'm sorry, what? And the results have been absolutely disastrous. Like Marjan Beauchamp's going to wind up starting a small forward, and that's okay. Like he's better defensively. Um, was a plus nine tonight because the defense is better. Um, you know, Malik Beasley was a minus nine and it wasn't all on him. I don't think, but the numbers are not good. And they're probably going to, I mean, if anything else, I do think this is going to kind of it, what either it'll provide an opportunity for Beauchamp to earn the starting job and really cement himself as, as you know, able to play with those guys, right. those veterans, or yeah. it'll illuminate things for the box to be like, we're going to have to go get another guy. Like we're going to have yep. to go find a buyout guy. Um, sometimes this is a, uh, a problem you just got to solve. Can buy they can they bring in a buyout guy? Are, are they limited by the, the new salary cap rules? Or I guess they are. I guess they're going to be above the apron. So yeah, I haven't hadn't thought about that. So they'll have to, I guess, try and figure out some sort of trade. Uh, and oh. uh, maybe they can call the heat. The heat. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I heard. Talk no, I'm just about not be funny. It's not be funny if they did a deal. No, I, I just I've heard talk that you know would would they be willing to move off Brook Lopez to get somebody? And I, I still think he provides value, you know, and I think he's still a, a bigger part of what yeah. they do. I don't think that's the the solution is to get rid of a guy who who's already fits so perfectly in yeah. that roster. And yes, he has weaknesses at this stage in his career, but he's still a plus player overall. Yeah, the 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 problems so far are not with Brook Lopez. It's a it's a right. coaching issue, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, finally, speaking of coaching. Denver Nuggets extended Michael Malone, Adrian Wojnarowski first reported on Monday morning, uh, an extension that makes him one of the highest paid coaches in the league. Uh, Mike Singer, formerly of the Denver Post, uh, also reported that the deal is covers two more deal years in addition to the two remaining. So he's under contract through 2027. That's significant for a number of reasons. And you're like, well, he just won the title. Like he, he won the title. Of course, I like Mike Budenholzer won the title in 2021. What's he doing? Yeah. Monty Williams made the finals in 2021. What's he doing? Um, Nick Nurse. <laughs> Nick Nurse won the title in 2019. What's he doing? Frank Vogel won the title in 2020. Is he with the Lakers still? No, he's not. 
So that's kind of illustrative of this. Uh, it's actually more meaningful with Denver because quite honestly, uh, Stan Kroenke doesn't like having that coaching money, that dead money. It's not something he prefers. So this reduces the odds of him being fired at least before 2026, which I think is significant um, because like, honestly, I would have started if they don't win the title this year, which they're obviously doing very well and look like, like they're in a good position to at least have a chance to repeat. I would start putting the clock on Michael Malone the following season. Cause that's just how these things go. Like he's been there going to have been there. Uh, he will have been there eight years next season. That's a long time wow. for any coach to be anywhere. And so, um, you know, there's, there's a lot here for, for him to go through, but I do think that especially following the death of his father, winning the, the franchise's first title, I'm very glad to see the franchise reward what's been an excellent head coach for the Nuggets. I mean, that kind of changes the story, right? I mean, it could go the way that you just illustrated, but it also goes a long way to establishing some real good consistency there. And I know that's been a hallmark of this team for a long time, that they've been good but not great, and that they kind of just took the final leap over the last season. They've been right there at the cusp, but now they finally have won a championship. And now it kind of not legitimizes because the title does that above all else, but it kind of cements that championship core there that includes Malone for all of his faults. And there are still some, I think he's still the best coach for the job and he connects with those players. Uh, I mean, you could speak to that certainly much more highly than I could, but I, I mean, I think he's well appreciated in that locker room and he, <laughs> I think he's a, he's a great coach above all else. That's going to do it for Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out the show all throughout the week. we got shows for you five days a week. We appreciate you guys being with us. Check out Locked On NBA on YouTube as well. Give us those five-star reviews. You can follow David Ramel on Twitter at DRamel13 and catch him on Locked On Heat. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked On NBA. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.